When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. We are joined by our super producer, Alex Williams. Most importantly, you're here, which means we can start the show, ladies and gentlemen. And we have uh, we, we have a brief thing unrelated to today's episode that we want to catch you up on. And listeners, I'm going to be right there with you. Scott had an adventure. We had an adventure, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, and I, uh, due to scheduling, had to, had to miss out. Uh, with great regret, but I would like to hear about your, uh, your expedition, your experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I was going to meet up with Rally North America when they were uh, near us, you know, down here in the Southern part of the United States. Uh, they were over at the Talladega track in Talladega, Alabama at super speedway, and they were going to run some laps and, uh, Mr. Glenn Beck invited me over to, mm-hmm. you know, to partake with them of these laps and, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of find out the whole way it works. And I, I, I could talk for an hour about this, Ben, we won't, but, uh, but it was incredible. I got to drive the Team Limer Mustang on the nice. track, uh, after he, you know, I, I rode first and then, and then we switched drivers for, you know, after four laps and then I, I drove for four laps. And Ben, I tell you, we were on, you know, bank turns mm-hmm. going 130 miles an hour at some time, at some point with, with Glenn behind the wheel. I got it up a, about 115, maybe 117. I was afraid to look down at that point. Uh, <laughs> but, but man, it was fun. It's a great car. It was yeah. fast. It was loud. It was fun. Rally North America. All the people were there. They were all, uh, you know, saying hi to me and, and to pass along, you know, the, the thanks to you for oh, thank you. Uh, the video that we put together. Yeah. 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 You, you know, saw, uh, you saw Tony and, uh, Scott and the rest? Uh, yeah, I saw Tony and Scott and Glenn and, uh, boy, I'm going to forget people's name, but, but yeah. I saw Tim and Danielle and uh, awesome. uh, Marty and I saw a bunch of people there. So lots of people and um, had a great time. It was a hot day. I mean, really, really hot. It was like, I, I want to say upper 90s and with, you know, the heat index that they say, it was yeah. something like 108 heat index. So wow. really feeling the heat on the uh, on the tarmac there. But it was a blast. Had a great time and uh, just never driven on a track surface like that. It's really unusual sometime off air we'll have to talk about what that does to your it kind of messes with your mind a little bit what Mm. you're seeing doesn't match up with what you're feeling really really it's strange yeah it's really odd when you look at your left window you know the driver's side window Uh uh on the bank at speed 
all you see is, uh, you know, more tarmac down below you, uh, the flat part, you know, the apron, I guess, for the racetrack. And out to the right, you know, you're watching things like, uh, you know, the big flagpoles outside of the uh, outside of the track. And they appear to be going off at a, at the wrong angle. They're not straight. Oh, they don't appear straight to you because yeah. your mind is being fooled that you're actually level. Uh-huh. And that the world is sideways. Yeah. Because, the world's on an angle. Yeah. And even though you're making a, a right turn – I'm sorry, a left turn – you know, at 120 miles an hour or whatever, you're not being thrown to the right at all. You know, you're not leaning into the door. Uh, you're being pushed down into your seat. Right. So it's, okay. it's all very, very strange. It's really unusual. Oh, um, you get, you want to do it again? Oh, <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat. It was yeah. so much fun. And we ended up getting a second set of laps. So we, so Glenn and I, you know, combined, I, I drove four. He drove most yeah. of these 16 laps around that thing. Wow. And that's pretty unusual. I mean, we got in for a second group run. Uh, because he had done some, he did a little volunteer work too. So they, they oh, allowed nice. us to go for a second time. Cool. But man, that was fun. It was a, it was a fantastic experience and it was good to meet up with the, you know, the rally people again. Yeah. It, was a, it was great. And I wanted to just quickly tell you that they raised a pile of money for the Hope for the Warriors, uh, charity mm-hmm. th- uh, this time. $149,350 is the total for, you know, all of Rally North America for this one event. Oh, wow. For this hey, one rally. Hey, Alex, can we get an applause cue? Perfect. Yeah. Congratulations, Rally North America. Amazing. That's a pile of money. I mean, I think they broke a record this time for, you know, their own record. Yeah. Uh, for raising money. And, um, just, it was a lot of fun. Again, that was the, the Rally Appalachia 2, uh, event. If you want to look up, you know, rallynorthamerica.com and, and, mm. you know, find out, uh, you know, if they've upped that at all by the time this episode finally airs. Cause it, I have a feeling that the donations are still going to continue to climb up. Right. Yeah. And this is, this is a good cause. You know, this is, uh, this is providing support for U.S. veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, what? And their families. Yeah. And their families. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we know that when veterans return, uh, to the U.S., this kind of support is crucial, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a cause that Scott and Alex and I really believe in. We, we support it. Uh, we hope you do too. And Scott, I wanted to say thank you so much for starting this podcast on a positive note. Oh, yeah. Because this is, a this is going to be a show with a lot of ups and downs, my friends. Here's, here's one down, Ben. Yeah. I'm going to slip on my new reading glasses. I was going to say, they look spiffy. Oh my gosh. These are, that's my first pair of reading glasses ever. I'm, I'm getting up in age, right? And, uh, and here's the thing. When I wear contacts, which I am today, uh-huh. uh, it kills my short vision. So when I'm in the studio, it's a little bit dim in here. It's not bright. Sure. Um, it, it's a little brighter today than usual, but, um, It's kind of like an olive garden. It, <laughs> <laughs> but we should just podcast from an olive garden. You know, they got unlimited breadsticks there and salad. Bring up the same thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I have a tour of Italy and, uh, and, uh, we'll talk about, you know, automotive Easter eggs or something. My, uh, we appreciate this. Me and my friends, um, when we were broke in college, uh, we would end up going to Olive Garden with the understanding. Uh, we're like, well, they've got unlimited breadsticks. And someone would say, are they any good? And we'd say, no, but they're <laughs> always going to be there. Oh, no. I'm a big fan. You're a big fan of those breadsticks? I, well, you know, okay. <laughs> Here's the I thing. guess it's just we reached the point of diminishing returns, man. We would go there and, like, order soda. Oh, I and see. And unlimited breadsticks. I see. And that was 
That's it. That was dinner. I, oh, yeah. I got you. One guy, one guy had the stones to ask for a to-go box. Really? Yeah. Wow. They that's did a it, too. move. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. College town. You know, College town. I bet yeah. that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving past uh, breadsticks and, and <laughs> right, reading right. glasses, I yeah. mean, I mean, this uh, hopefully will help me out with some of this, uh, some yeah. of these numbers, because there's a lot of numbers here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about, well, the best, and first of all, it's a wallet hub study. Yes. And uh, this is the best and worst cities to drive in 2017, so very current. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not all we're really going to talk about. We'll talk about some of the um, the finer points of this, too. I mean, there's a, there's an overall rank. And there's know. some methodology. Yeah, the methodology is really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, how they came about this. And, and it's actually it's a pretty good study. I mean, lots of sources, which we'll talk about. Um, but the way they broke these down into uh, these these multiple categories um, is really fascinating and, and the value that they placed on each and, and how they kept it fair. Um, and we'll talk about some of the more unusual things like, uh, you know, the cities that have the most car washes per capita. Right. Um, we'll talk about the cities that have uh, highest, you know, average gas prices or um, car you know, theft rate, parking rates, you know, stuff like that. It's, this all plays into the, the bigger numbers that we're going to talk about for the best and worst of driving because it's an overall rank. Yes. So, Maybe we start with some general statistics. Uh, also, by the way, I'm in a, I'm in the market for a pair of glasses. You know I'm so cheap, man. Uh, I've got I'm still using the pair of glasses I had in seventh grade. Oh, that's bad for your eyes, man. My, I, my eyes haven't changed that well, much. Well, okay, well, I just went yesterday to get you know contacts and glasses and yeah. all that, and that's where they suggested these stupid reading glasses that I'm going to be wearing today. Uh, you know, the, the $10 ones from the, the drugstore. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I went yesterday and sure enough, my vision is slipping. So, you know, really? yeah, they had to adjust it a little bit. You're not going to do like a monocle? No, <laughs> no, but I mean, you can't hang on to glasses for, you know, what? Okay, 20 years? Hey, I did not say I was a clever person. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going I'm to, well, I've got to, I've got to bite the bullet, get you some glasses. Invest too. in yourself, Ben. Invest yeah, in yourself. there we go. Yeah. That's a ticket. Yeah. Now these cities, they're investing in, now some of them are investing in infrastructure that makes them better. Some of them are not doing that, which makes them worse. Right. That is a common factor here. And if you are listening to this episode and it is no longer 2017, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this uh, sometime in the future. In space. In space, 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 space. Uh, then have no worries. Check back in with the study. These kind of annual studies come out. Um, I mean, these studies come from multiple places every year. We just thought this one was a particularly insightful one. And it was robust enough that I'll go ahead and say it. These lists do change, but there are, uh, there are some predictable winners and losers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so okay, here's some general stats. Why, why is this important? If you've, if you've never been to the U.S. <laughs> if, sorry, I kind of crack it up because Scott's doing some business with his glasses. Oh, yeah, I'll be fidgeting with these things throughout. <laughs> sorry right. about that. You know, because if I look up at you, you're totally out of focus. That's fine. It's really man. messing with me. That's fine, man. I'll take that blurry Bigfoot status. That's Getting cool. old as hell. <laughs> Bigfoot status. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that old Mitch Hedberg joke. Oh, yeah. What if Bigfoot's just blurry? <laughs> All right. So uh why is this important? The United States is huge, and this is a car culture. In the majority of this country, you need to have access to your own transport yeah. just to live. 
Just to go day to day. Yeah, not every big city has, you know, outstanding public transportation. Right. You know, light rail, that type of thing. Not every single one does. And there are reasons behind that. We've talked about some of those reasons on this yeah. podcast. There's even some conspiracies yes. uh, as to why some cities don't have, mm-hmm. you know, light rail or decent public transportation. Uh, I think it goes way back to maybe a high-speed stuff episode. Wow. That was, yeah, that was an interesting the, uh, thing. St- streetcar conspiracy, I think yeah, it was, right? Yeah, with, uh, was it GM? As GM and uh, some big oil companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. The quick and dirty on that one is that the the conspiracy theory is that GM, in collusion with several oil concerns, uh, purchased a bunch of streetcars, purchased streetcar companies, bought them out uh, with the intention of destroying these electric trolleys Mm -hmm. and driving that business model into the ground so that people had to purchase – uh, gas-powered cars. Destroying hundreds of, tr- of trolleys. You can see them stacked in, mm-hmm. uh, in some photos, you know, of the, uh, uh, well, I guess it's like junkyard photos, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but they're, they're stacked, they're stacked like, atop each other. They're like cordwood, you know, they're yeah. stacked up like that. It's crazy. Good photos, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, amazing photos, but it's, it's super bad for those cities. Uh, you know, yeah. of course, Detroit is one of those. And you'll, you'll hear people go back and forth on this and say that, well, the streetcars were on the way out anyway, or it's not, there's nothing really nefarious. This is just how business works. Um, tell but, that to San Francisco. Right. Tell that to San Francisco. And then also, uh, tell that to the court who found GM guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They actually did. And they find them like, wasn't it like a dollar? They find them one dollar. Yeah. It was a, it was a crazy amount, low amount. So. Slap on the wrist. Right. So regardless, we know that cars are, for the majority of the U.S., a necessity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there are some places, sure, where owning a car is so cost prohibitive that most people just can't do it. Like New York, right? Very expensive. Or it's just too difficult to own a car because of, you know, the parking situation. Sure. Or, you know, um, uh, again, maybe insurance rates are so high in that Mm -hmm. area that, you know, it's just cost prohibitive to do it. Or you have to pay for a parking spot. Maybe not $600,000 like we saw in Hong Kong right, last right, week right. But, uh, or a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, it's still a high amount. So, you know, there are a lot of reasons why maybe, you know, a car isn't for every city dweller. But, mm-hmm. but man, I mean, the, this list isn't all major, uh, major cities as well. I mean, there are some smaller cities on this list too. Mm-hmm. Um, so rounding out the 100, I guess. I don't know. I, how would you classify – a major city is it? Is it a million people? Is it? I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe there's a, a like a question. million cutoff or something. Yeah, I don't know. I would define a major city by whether I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> typically. <laughs> uh, I know it's a terrible, well, terrible I mean, metric. Okay, we've probably heard of most of these on. Yeah, this yeah, list, yeah. Really. They'll sound familiar, yeah. or they'll if you haven't heard of them before, they'll sound plausible. They are indeed real places. Yeah, I mean, and WalletHub kind of sorted this out for us already, of course, mm-hmm. uh, because these are, you know, a comparison of the 100 largest cities in the United States. There we go. Yeah. All right. So out of all the daily trips that people take every day mm-hmm. in, in this grand country of ours, 87% of those take place in personal vehicles. 87%. It's a huge number. That is. Uh, so even with uh, the growth of public transit, and, you know, there are a lot of initiatives going around in various parts of the U.S. Uh, toward expanding public transit. Even there, most people still try to travel by car because it's comfort, reliable. You know the old saying, Scott, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. That uh, one I do know. That one you do know. Yeah, that yeah. Is, <laughs> I, usually get, I usually get them backwards. But, uh, but yeah, that one I do know. So drivers annually spend – 
around 200 hours on the road, plus another 41 hours, an entire work week just in gridlock. That's the equivalent of a six-week vacation for a full-time worker, and if you add in the cost of wasted time and fuel, Wallet Hub was calculating that this comes out to be about $124 billion annually. Wow. So how does it hit you individually? That would be about $1,700 per household. And that figure, I guess, doesn't even include the additional $515 expense for maintenance and repairs that that every average American spends on their vehicle. And that's just, that's just on average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's on average. $515 every year on maintenance. There's another related stat we want to give you here. Out of 140 economically developed nations, America's road quality ranks number 14. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, – Even according to the American Society of Civil Engineers, we get a D grade. A D grade. A just scooting by grade. Man, you would think we've got a fantastic interstate system, I guess, maybe. But I guess, you know, the way it's capped up Mm -hmm. isn't all that fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, that's a pretty dismal number, really. I mean, getting a D grade and we're number 14 out of 140 Uh. of the developed nations. Um, Wow. Okay, so – we talked about where they where these numbers are really coming from. It's the 100 largest cities of the United States, mm-hmm. and um, the way that um, well, should we talk about the methodology at this point, or how about the sources first? Sure. And then the uh, the methodology, the, the sources that they're getting this data from uh, come from places like the U.S. Census Bureau. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI has, uh, has some input into this because I think there's some uh, security issues that we we talk about or safety issues. Um, Council for Community and Economic Research. Uh, the NHTSA is in on this, of course. Uh, the Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety. Uh, there's a place called INRIX, I-N-R-I-X. Uh, there's also the National Centers for Environmental Information, triple A's on this. Uh, let's see, the Road Information Program, the FHA, which is the Federal Highway Administration. All the hits. Yeah, Waze Mobile is on the, in on this, so there's an app. I <laughs> thought that was really interesting, actually. That's smart. Yeah, because uh, Waze is, of course, uh, it's a souped-up GPS that will calculate in real time its opinion of the fastest route for you to take mm-hmm. from any point A to any point well, B. It, it only makes sense. I mean, they do nothing but collect data all year long. So, you know, why not use some of that in yeah. this? Um, Allstate Insurance Company is in here. Quinn Street Insurance Agency, Yelp. Parkopedia, TrueCar, and of course WalletHub Research. So those are the sources. It's a long list of sources. And then the methodology, I find the methodology pretty fascinating because the way they break all this down, and we'll get to, uh, you know, where the, the, um, the cities fall in these ca- different categories sure. in a moment here, but, uh, the methodology is pretty interesting. So in order to determine the best and worst cities for drivers, WalletHub analysts compared a sample of the 100 most popular or populated U.S. cities across four key dimensions. Now, these are – we'll break these down in just a moment because there's some interesting stuff within these two. But number one was cost of ownership and maintenance. Number mm-hmm. two is traffic and infrastructure like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Number three is safety. Uh, that's probably where FBI and uh, some of the insurance agencies I bet you're right. Um, and then number four is access to vehicles and maintenance. Uh, so we're talking about like, you know, repair shops and things like that. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, you know, if you don't have a, a shop, a local shop, it's tough to get, you know, some of that work done. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, and, and that comes up here. There's some cities that have appallingly no, low numbers of, of maintenance mm-hmm. areas or shops that you can go to. It's very important to say also about these cities is they do not count cities that would be in the surrounding metro area. Oh, okay. So, you know, like a, a suburb that's pretty much its own city outside of the city proper. Mm-hmm. 
Just like in the city proper, uh, over those four dimensions, they have a grand total of 25 relevant metrics. Okay. 25 relevant metrics. That's right. So within each one. Now, each metric then is graded on a 100-point scale with a score of 100 representing the most favorable conditions for drivers. So that's the best score is 100. Now, uh, metrics, uh, we'll, we'll talk about different types of metrics here. Now, some are, are available only at a state level, and that's very few here as we go through. But um, other metrics that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about um, – they take the square root of the population and then use that to calculate the population size in order to avoid overcompensating for minor differences across cities. So you can see that they're being very careful about keeping everything level here, everything pretty even, or as much as they can anyways, you know, based on the data that they have. Um, so the, the, the last thing before we start talking about some of these, uh, these categories or these, um, these, you know, the key dimensions that they talk about, each city's weighted average across all metrics is used to calculate its total score. And then they use the resulting scores to rank in order the cities, uh, you know, that we'll talk about in a moment, you know, the, the 1 through 100 or I guess the reverse, 100 through 1. Right. All right. So let's talk about cost of ownership and maintenance a little bit. Now, the total point value for this uh, this uh, division or this uh, this dimension, I guess, of the study yeah. um, is 30 points. So uh, in, within that 30 points or to get to that 30 points, there are things – there are, I guess, subcategories within here. So uh, we'll talk about those and that's like uh, the cost of a new car and the average gas price. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the average annual car insurance premium that people pay in that in that city. Yeah. Um, there's auto maintenance costs. There's also a total extra vehicle operating cost per driver that's uh, that's weighed into this. This can be a little confusing when they say total extra vehicle operating cost per driver. I originally thought they meant like if there's a um, a two person household and they have three cars, yeah. you know, and they've got maybe a pickup truck that is the weekend hauler or they use to get rid of stuff after yard work. But that's not the case. That is not the case. That is not the case. This is a little bit of a tricky name because additional vehicle operating cost is actually their, their category for infrastructure for the result of driving on roads in need of repair, lost time and fuel due to congestion-related delays, a.k.a. traffic jam, and the cost of traffic crashes in which roadway features likely were a contributing factor. So, you know, when there's a weird, really tough merge lane or something yeah. uh, or and where – you see collisions there daily. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And also, oh, well, potholes, right? I mean, that causes a lot of tire damage and rim damage. And, oh, and for God, a lot of people. are you kidding? Yeah. yeah so, uh, it, and of course, suspension where, you know, it's worn a lot faster in those type of areas too. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I can understand what they're talking about. It's, it's again, poor infrastructure. Right. Uh, that, that leads to, Additional, uh, what they call it, VOCs, vehicle operating costs. Yeah, not volatile <laughs> organic <laughs> chemicals. Uh, okay, uh, the, oh yeah, you're right. And then there's the last one, right? There's, um, yeah. there's average parking rate. Oh, so, just so, reading that makes me feel like so, I'm irritated and hassled. <laughs> so, so parking rate comes into this. And well, you know what? We've actually got some numbers on parking rate. Where's the, uh, the cheapest place to park and where's the most expensive place to park? Yeah. So be thinking about that for a few minutes until we get to it because we'll, we'll tell you. Um, and the next one is traffic and infrastructure, and this one also has a total point value of uh, three uh, thirty. Now traffic is coming up again, so it's this is more about congestion, I guess. This isn't the the cost of wear on your vehicle, right? This is just the the frustration, I guess, the the average hours spent in traffic, that type of thing. So I actually the the first one is annual hours spent in congestion per auto commuter, mm-hmm. and the next one is number of days with precipitation. So yeah. 
Oh, that could be tricky because, you know, different regions, different types of precipitation. Right. Number of cold days or mm-hmm. essentially number of days below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, makes sense. Okay. So you have to deal with, you know, snow and ice mm-hmm. um, or sleet or whatever. Um, then there's the average commute time by car in minutes, which is, you know, another one. Uh, average commute time. Well, that's a tricky one too. But yeah. um, I guess within a city, it'll be smaller than, you know, if you're talking about people coming from the suburbs into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is quality of roads, which we've already talked about. Quality of bridges. Okay, that's that's a good one. Um, especially here in Atlanta, we had that bridge issue. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> that was caused by a fire. That was a fire issue, though. That was mm-hmm. man, man-made or man-caused, I guess. Um, then we also have roadway miles per 1,000 persons, which is a, well, interesting metric. Uh, then there's also ways driver satisfaction rating. So this one plays heavily into this, into this traffic and infrastructure. Yeah, surprisingly um, so. Satisfaction rating. All right. And then there's safety, which is again, a total of 30 points. So we're getting up to 90 points here at this point. Uh, in safety, there's accident likelihood in city versus national average. Right. Then there's traffic fatality rate per 100,000 population. Which is a gruesome step. But- very important. It, it really is. And then there's a, um, a rate of car thefts. Often in big cities, you'll find mm-hmm. a lot of car thefts. Uh, rate of larceny. That's another one. Uh, strict. Oh, here's. I can't believe this one. Yeah. Strictness of DUI punishment. Oh yeah, because now, that's uh, state by state still, I, right? I guess so. I mean, they're gonna they're going to rate for us here the strictest and most lenient states on DUI. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called punitiveness of high risk driver insurance. And I think – you know what I think that comes into? I think that comes into um, the uh, – you know when you get put into like an insurance pool? Yeah. I think that's what they're talking about. Oh, I see. It says the uh, – it states with the highest and lowest insurance premium penalties for high-risk drivers. Now, I think when you're a high-risk driver, you mm-hmm. have to take from that uh, supposed pool insurance. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future F- podcast. Future episode maybe? Yeah, I think, I think so maybe. And then the last one in, in the safety category is driving laws rating. Yeah, so this would be an evaluation of the effectiveness of the driving laws in an area, the amount of time they're understood, and probably the amount of time they're followed oh, so naturally. They're complicated rules and uh, right, right. rules that people don't really know are on the books, mm-hmm. but they you know, break them every day, that kind of thing. Right. Like, okay. can you take a ride on red would be an example okay. in the city. Or, um, you know, there's – again – Again, I, I can't get over it. Scott, this country is huge. There are weird laws <laughs> oh, everywhere. Oh, there certainly are. Yeah. And then we've got one last category, access to vehicles and maintenance. This is the smallest uh, dimension, as they call it. It's worth 10 points. We're talking about car dealerships per capita. Uh, to your earlier point, Scott, auto repair shops per capita, car washes per capita, and gas stations. The car washes thing is still interesting. Yeah. I'd like to talk about that. So uh, where – where do we go from here, my friend? <laughs> well, you know, we can actually go right to the car wash data if you'd like. But I, I think – you know what I think we should do? Yeah. Is I, I think – you know, before we reveal the, the, the actual best cities for driving and the worst cities for driving, because that's like the, the overall number that all of this other stuff builds to create, right? I mean, yeah. it, it makes – that's the, the ultimate goal in this in this uh, the survey or the study rather mm-hmm. to find out which is best and which is worst. But they, they do have like best and worst cities ranked with um, – Oh, like different things like parking rate and car thefts and, you know, all the stuff that we just talked about. So yeah. there's a few of them here that I can give you. I can give you, um, let's say, uh, five right now. I don't know, man. I'm pretty into cliffhangers. Do you, do you want to, uh, do you want to do it after a word from our sponsor? That's probably the best time to do it. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. What's it? What's the old line you used to always say? You pay for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> yeah, I stole that from. Uh, I guess it was like monster truck, uh, <laughs> you know, rallies or whatever. You know, things like that that would be at the Silver Dome, you know, occasionally or, or anything it really applies to. Maybe like demolition derbies or yeah. stuff like that. You know? All right. Well, I tried to get you to tell me this stuff off air while we were on <laughs> or on an ad break, and and you refused. No, so. no, no. Tight lipped about uh, about the best versus worst. Uh, for some of these, you know, subcategories, I guess, because sure. it's pretty pretty interesting, really. So if you live in Greensboro, North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, those residents spend the fewest annual hours in traffic congestion per auto commuter, which is right around 4.2. So uh, 4 point – that's crazy. They spend 4.2 hours in traffic annually. That's it. Yeah. All year, 4.2. I spend that in two days. Oh, actually, a day and a half. Um, well, that's that's also because you and I both have the dubious pleasure of living in a city that ranks very poorly in this regard. Yeah, we'll find we'll find out where we rank in this. Oh boy, later. I don't know. If um, I but, but but okay. So that four point two number is the of course the uh, the best you know for for traffic congestion. I guess right. Uh, the worst city for traffic congestion. I don't even know if we need a drum roll for this one, but it's Los Angeles. I mean, I think everybody knew that. Uh, right? Who's to, who's, I mean, who didn't on. see that coming? Uh, yeah, they spend, get this, 
compared to Greensboro's, you know, 4.2 hours, Los Angeles commuters spend 104.1 hours in traffic annually to get to their job. Now, again, that's just commuting, uh, and that's 24.8 times higher than the North Carolina number, 24 times higher. So you got to be uh, willing to put up with a lot if you're going to live in Los Angeles and you're going to commute to work or school or wherever. I think um, in general you have to be ready to put up with a lot of stuff if you live think, in Los Angeles. I think you're right. I really do. All right, so let's move on to um, car thefts. Okay. If you live in Gilbert, Arizona, that's the place with the fewest car thefts per 1,000 residents, and, and the rating is 0.55, which is 27.7 times fewer than in Oakland, California. You're in California again. Yeah. Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. That's the city with the most car thefts per 1,000 residents, and that comes in at 15.23. They are just – it is a cottage industry of just <laughs> stealing and chopping up Honda Civics. Well, you know, that's exactly what they're doing. Joy rides come in there somewhere, I bet. Oh, I bet you. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we always see the car chases from, you know, I've been, can we take a pause just for a second? Yeah. Well, I want to um, talk about something that I've been doing recently, uh, just my own free time. I've been watching car chase videos again, police car chase videos. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ones back that, into it. The ones that are televised, because some of them are so dramatic recently. I mean, there's been a lot of things happening. I mean, we're talking about some recent ones, too. They're, they're of course, the classics, you mm-hmm. know, the ones that we've seen over and over again, and they appear on, you know, the 10 best lists and all that, and or, or worst, or however you want to rank it. But there's some pretty incredible current or new car chases out there. And of course, you know, the, uh, the West Coast, um, you know, channels and not just them, but they happen to have a lot of them out there. I mean, sometimes they're, there's sometimes when I'm watching this and they'll say, this is our second one of the day. And they're all excited about it because mm-hmm. you know, for about an hour, they do nothing but narrate what's happening because they're watching it from a helicopter view, you know, point of view. Um, but it's fascinating to watch and they're trying to, you know, guess what's going to happen, you know, when the person's going to stop and try to run or if they're going to try to do that. It's just, it's, it's really, really interesting to watch. And, um, I don't know. I've, I've just getting, been getting back into it again. I spent literally hours watching car chases recently. So maybe there might be a new episode on that coming up. I don't know if there's any new techniques or anything. Oh man, we should do it. But, uh, but we haven't really discussed it and, you know, since we were high speed stuff. And I think right. that there's some value to bringing up some of these older topics that, you know, we maybe covered for 10, 15 minutes or 20 yeah. minutes maybe in a high speed stuff episode. And we can do it a lot more in depth and, and with, you know, some, uh, I guess, you know, new knowledge. Do you think, all right, here's, here's my million dollar idea Mm -hmm. for this episode. Okay. Okay. I still, by the way, totally believe in the, um, in the stuffed, uh, the stuffed fry concept. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not backing down from that one, but I'm saying also if there was some way to pull it off, do you think people would pay to do simulated car chases? Yes. I absolutely do. I mean, for both, in both roles. Yeah. I think, I think if you were, you know, the, uh, the, the chaser, yeah. uh, you, the people would want to do that. And I think people would also want to be, you know, the, uh, the crook, the thief, the, uh, the car, the car thief. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be incredible adrenaline, wouldn't it? I mean, the adrenaline rush that you get from something like that. Yeah. Now, what if you could do it in real cars on some massive piece of property? You know, what if you had, what if you had 200 acres and they, they built like a small city, they, you know, had a helicopter flying overhead. I guess it could be a drone, you know, something small. Um, but you were actually trying to, you know, outwit, outrun yeah. the, uh, the police. I mean, it right? never, never happens. You know, they don't get away. No, no. Although some places do not, some places have very, very severe 
constraints and restrictions on what law enforcement can actually do in that situation. Yeah, and I've watched that on, you know, these, these, this past week. Yeah. I've, I've watched that where, you know, they just let the helicopter take over and they just follow the person right to their home and then they come in and arrest the person. I mean, it's, it's that easy. Yeah. It's would you, so simple. Would you do that, Alex? Would you do a, a simulated car chase? Yeah, he's not in yes. He, he has, he, he's not he's, in yes. I think he said he has before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to talk about that some other time. About you. Well, of course, you would do it, right? Oh, yeah. I, I get to see oh, you. Gosh, oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I would do that. Which role? Police uh, or, uh, or thief? I think I would like to, I would like to do the law enforcement role. Yeah. I'd like to catch someone. I'd like to do both. I'd like, I'd like to yeah. try both. Of course, the ending for the thief is not ever good, you know? Yeah. Ever. We've got to, we've got to sort this out, but yeah, I, okay. I think this is a good idea. All right. I'm sorry. I, I've, I've really derailed us here on no, the, this uh, on the main topic, but, uh, but I think we're, yeah, I think we're, we're onto something here or you're onto something here. No, no, no. All you're, right. you're, we're <laughs> right. all part of this. Though. All right. Well, here's, uh, here's a, a city that shows up in these chases often. Uh, Las Vegas. You know, yeah. the, uh, the outskirts of Las Vegas in particular, but we're talking about Las Vegas proper here. Uh, Las Vegas has the most auto repair shops per square root of the population at 1.41, which is 8.8 times more mm-hmm. than in this city, Boston. So Boston. If you're, so if you're in Boston, you've got the fewest auto repair shops available per square root of the population. The, uh, the number is 0. 0.16. So uh, they're very, very low on the uh, on the scale there. You also have the uh, fewest car washes per capita in Boston. Oh, is that right? That's the yeah. – oh, no kidding. Your, your car is uh, going to be tougher to fix and tougher to clean. Oh, man. Unless you do it by yourself at your house. But – Boston's a crowded city. Boston is a very crowded city and it's yeah. – uh, for the U.S., it's a very old city too. So – yeah. All this, a lot of infrastructure has been retrofitted. You oh know? boy! You know what? Not this next one, but the but the one after this is Boston comes up again. So, oh really? So hang on for that. All one, right, but, all right. But not in this one. This one is uh, this one's about Tulsa, Oklahoma, which has the lowest average gas price. Oh, that's a good one to have, right? A dollar eighty five per gallon at the time of this writing. I think this was uh, what probably early July of twenty seventeen. Um, dollar eighty five per gallon, which is one point seven times lower than in oh boy, San Francisco. San Francisco, California, once again. Yeah. That, that's the city with the highest rate at $3.20 per gallon. That's the average gas price. Average. And, and for the top five cities with the highest gas prices of those top five, mm-hmm. four are in California. Oh, well, I think we could have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's Man, crazy. but still, four out of the top five. That's, think, uh, that's crazy. You know, I don't know. I, this is pure conjecture on my part, but when we first started looking into this, I was surprised that it wasn't, you know, Hawaii or Alaska or a place a little more isolated. Yeah. And I guess a lot of it in California just goes down to taxation. Well, they don't, uh, they don't even drive in Hawaii, do they? They just surf everywhere, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Skateboards, you know, they can, they can, uh, you know, pavements. Those are just surfboards with wheels. Yeah. That's what they call them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, if, (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. I, sh- I probably shouldn't go down this road, but uh, but yeah, uh, you know what? Actually, Honolulu will come up later in our in our that's list. True. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, best and worst. So I wonder where it ranks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think all right. We'll so find out. all right. So we're getting back to the one where uh, where Boston makes another appearance. Uh, this is one of the best versus worst. For the best, Winston Salem, North Carolina, has the lowest average parking rate, and the parking rate is two dollars and fifty nine cents per two hours, which is get this. 9.1 times lower than in Boston, the city with the highest parking rate, which is $23.54 for two hours. Can you believe that? 
A parking rate. Now that sounds to me like, um, wow. I, you know, I parked, I've parked in a lot of big cities like Chicago and places like that where you have to, you know, like drive up on top of buildings to park and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you just have no parking. And I remember paying a pretty hefty rate, but for two hours, $23.54 is the average parking rate. That's, that's insane. That's pretty crazy. That's average. Wow. That's almost like, that's like, uh, you're going to a ball game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the kind of, uh, the kind of rate we're talking about. But, but again, if you wanted the best, uh, average parking rate, go to Winston-Salem, North Carolina mm-hmm. at only $2.59 for two hours. You know, that makes it sound like you could just stop in the road. <laughs> stop in the road, <laughs> throw some change at the first person I mean, you see. That's almost like, uh, that's like parking meter rates, but, but even yeah. if you're parking in a lot, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. a decent rate. Yeah. That's really good. And and also, you know, obviously, that's just going to rise, not to be too cynical. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. All right, Ben, I think I've given you, uh, you know, the the uh, a few of the best versus worst uh, categories that, you know, yeah. the, the ones I found most interesting anyways, the ones they pulled out. And there's one more I want to add in here, Scott. It's something that I didn't understand the importance of originally when we're talking about days with precipitation yeah. or without precipitation. Oh, yeah. That does matter because, you know, rates of accidents go up. Uh, likelihood of a traffic jam goes up when a, when it rains, when it storms. Mm-hmm. So where are do you never have to worry about this? Pretty much Nevada and parts of California. Yeah, all over the southwest. Yeah, of the top six places with uh, the least amount of precipitation, Nevada is three of them and California is the other three. Yeah. Las Look. Vegas, Henderson, and North Las Vegas. Yeah, those are all tied for first. Uh, those, those three. Yeah. And then Long Beach comes in at number four. And then a, again, a tie for fifth place would be Anaheim, California and Santa Ana, California. So the top six, again, all in Nevada and California. So mm-hmm. very little precip there, but guess where? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by the, um, by the, the bottom of this list. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the cities with the most days of precipitation. I would have thought that, uh, that, you know, Seattle or Portland would have been, the, the the biggest one, you know, the the number one hundred, I guess, on the list, you know, the bottom of the one hundred. Yeah, this is a uh, this was a plot twist for me. Yeah, Buffalo, New York, and I guess it kind of makes sense because they get a ton of snow. They get all that lake effect. Oh, uh, that's right. I, I suppose they get lake effect rain as well. So it just rains and snows all it, the time. I would guess it does. But um, going backwards, I guess a, a tie for number ninety eight is. Cleveland, Ohio, which probably the same thing, lake effect again, mm-hmm. and Seattle is then again a tie for you know number ninety eight with Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh and Portland are tied for number ninety six on the list. So, you know, again, I, I assume Portland and Seattle would be you know tied for the worst, you know, the, the one hundred yeah. spot, but uh, that's not the case. So, we talked about these categories. Uh, we've hopefully given some insight on the methodology used to create this database. And we are going to dive into the list itself after a brief word from our sponsors. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. 
someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Scott, I have an idea. Okay. This is an extensive list. It's going to take a long time if we go through everything. Oh, we're not going to do that. I don't know if we'll get to it. But uh, but folks, you at home can read along with us this, on this excellent Wallet Hub study, or you can check out the link on your own time. Please don't look at this if you're driving right now. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah. yeah, but if you're at home, check it. It's Wallet Hub. Uh, you can go to wallethub.com. And then again, it's the, the best and worst cities to drive mm-hmm. in. And this chart here, I mean, it's a massive chart. That's, yeah. a, that's the thing. Uh, we know we can't read through it, but it's sortable. So we can uh, we can quickly uh, kind of thumb through this and sure. figure out which, one, which cities rank, you know, best, which is one, and worst, which is 100. And in each of those four dimensions, and uh, before we give you the absolute best and the absolute worst, I'd like to comment on the ones that are overall in the middle. Oh, because I thought that was surprising. Oh, okay. The ones in the middle. I think that's a great way because this is all about averages, right? Sure. It's a great way to look at averages. So first, let's just go by, if we're talking about the cost of ownership and maintenance rank, Scott, do you want to do worst first? Do you want to do bad news first? Uh, let's do bad news first. Okay, sure. so what are like the three worst places? The three worst places for cost of ownership are San Francisco, California. That's the number 100. And counting backwards, you know, to 99 is Los Angeles. Then Oakland, California comes in at 98. Fremont, California is 97. Anaheim, California is 96. <laughs> so you see the pattern? And then, and then Seattle, Washington is 95. And then it goes back right to, to <laughs> San Jose, California, which is at number uh, – uh, 94. And then Philadelphia, Pennsylvania comes in at number 93. And then Honolulu. Well, there we go. See, Honolulu. We talked hey, about Hey, Honolulu. Honolulu yeah, they, they come in at 92. And then Long Beach, California is in at 91. San Diego, California is number 90. So that's the top 10, I California guess. California is running the game here. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's in, 11, isn't it? I gave 11. In a bad way. Yeah. Well, that's all right. So those are, those are the bottom, uh, right. of the, um, the cost of ownership and maintenance section. And here are the best, uh, the, the top 10. If you are in Virginia Beach, Virginia, congratulations. And if you're in Buffalo, New York, it is probably raining or snowing as you hear this, but congratulations to you as well. <laughs> you are in the top 10, uh, when it comes to ownership and maintenance ranks. I'm just fast forward here a little bit. Lexington Fayette in Kentucky, Corpus Christi, Texas is, uh, fantastic in this regard. Durham, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, Raleigh, Greensboro. So, uh, of the top five, Four are North Carolina. Number one, the best city for you to live in in terms of cost of ownership and maintenance is Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. Hmm. Which I did not see coming. I didn't see that coming either. All right. So, you know, I don't know if we should do this for all four because we're going to end up reading, uh, you know, 800 Read a lot names. Of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. 800 cities. So, uh, I guess maybe well, let's give the just number one and uh, number 100 for each, each one after this. How about okay. that? Yeah. Right. Sounds so, good. Sounds so good. for traffic and infrastructure, uh, the worst city, the worst ranking city on the list here, Boston, Massachusetts comes in at, uh, at, at number 100. Yeah. You remember the big dig, man? <laughs> did you ever drive through? I, no, you know what? I've, I've been through there. I don't think that I've, I was near that because I think I would have remembered that. But uh, we, we just stopped there for one evening you know, like yeah. a, as a pass-through, stopping mm-hmm. for dinner. And it was crazy driving. I remember it was rush hour and probably the worst time to be there. It was. I mean, I don't know if I've ever been in a city where cars have been so close together, you know, not in a lane. Yeah. Uh, but but it seemed like it was they were splitting lanes almost with cars. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Because cars, some of the roads are – yeah, you know, some of the roads were built before automobiles were a thing. Uh, maybe I got a, I got a, I had a small car, and uh, and there were cars that were literally inches from both sides of my car for several blocks in a row. I mean, it was, it was insane. And if if that sounds like too much of a hassle, <laughs> yeah, unwind a little bit. <laughs> unwind a little bit in lovely Corpus Christi, Texas, which yeah. is number one on this list. Number one for traffic and infrastructure. So get yourself to Texas and, if you have to. So yeah. uh, for safety. All right. Mm-hmm. So safety rank. Remember all the stuff we talked about in safety. Yep. Yep. All right. Number 100 on this list, St. Louis, Missouri. I don't think I expected that. No, no. St. Louis is a pretty cool town. 100 on the list. I mean, that's the lowest you can get, right? So For safety. There's another plot twist, right? What's number one? Gilbert, Arizona. Okay, Gilbert, that's that's one that I maybe have not ever heard of. Yeah. You know, we said there were going to be towns in here that we – or cities that we hadn't really heard of. But it's one of the top 100 largest cities in the United States. All right, so the last section here, and then I promise you we'll get to the, uh, you know, the, the overall, best and worst yeah, driving cities. But uh, the last category is access to vehicles and maintenance. And so, we, we already uh, – mentioned some of this, I think, but the worst one is Laredo, Texas. Yeah, I, I don't know why I would have uh, – I, I, again, I just wouldn't have picked that as, as the, the, you know, the worst on the list. Yeah. Um, and the, boy, number one on the list, Miami, Florida. What? Access to vehicles and maintenance. They must have a lot of uh, maintenance facilities there. Um, lots of vehicles, that's for sure. Lots Crowd, of vehicles. In crowded area. For sure. Yeah. All right, Ben. So now that we're past, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the minutiae, I guess. You know, sure. Some of the, uh, the, you know, all four of the categories and where yeah. everybody, everybody ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about a few of these, uh, uh, the middle rankers, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's so, all about averages. Right. All about the averages. Um, one thing that might surprise people is, okay, if we look at the dead center of the list, 49, 50, and 51. Okay. Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Hmm. 
So they're uh, what? What does that mean? They're okay places to to live and drive. Yeah, and it's strange because two of them are in Texas, and then the Ohio is just an outlier. I guess it's not really an outlier either, is it? Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a uh, it's a what? It's lower part of uh, of Ohio. Pretty big town. Yeah, um, they get snow there. I know they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's right on. It's right on a river, right? Yeah, um, and right I, on the Ohio River. I think this just shows. Um, how well constructed it was, uh, and the, um, the part of the researchers here, uh, that all of these factors are accounted for. And I just wanted to tell it, give everybody those three cities so we have kind of a baseline, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So you want to do, uh, you want to do bad news first again? Yeah, let's do that. So, uh, right. so bad news first. And if you want to, let's have about the bottom five. How about that? That sounds great. All right. Yeah. So counting back from number, what, 95 to uh-huh. 100, let's do that. Okay. Number 95, Boston, Massachusetts. Now that's a name that's come up several times. I feel like at this point, man, we just, all Boston residents or Boston fans listening to the show, we didn't purposely pick this episode to just dog on your favorite town. No. It just happens to rank as one of the worst cities for driving. That's all. And I bet that people in Boston would agree. I bet. I was going to say it. I bet, you know, I bet that was an unnecessary disclaimer on my part because apparently if you're listening to this show and you live in Boston, you're stuck in traffic right now. Yeah, you might be <laughs> listening while you're uh, trying to get through that terrible congestion. I, I bet it, a lot of people are doing that right now. But it's still not as bad as Seattle, Washington, oh, yeah. which is 96 on the list. Yep, and then number 97 would be Washington, D.C. Now, that's a town you and I have talked about in the past as being just insane traffic. Insane. Yeah. Um Ninety-eight. This is uh, this is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, and uh, both uh, you and our producer Alex have spent time in Detroit. So before we went on air, I asked I asked you guys like, what's the deal? I I have to say, here's here's what I think about this. Now, my my, I'm not. This is my own scientific reasoning as to why this is on this list. But I would bet that I bet it ranks pretty low in safety. I would bet that also the infrastructure is kind of poor because it's a it's a city where. Um, it was declining in population and they were not maintaining the roads. And we're talking about Detroit City proper. So for safety, yeah, here, safety, they're like 94 on the list. And for traffic and infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, they come in, at, I think it's also 94. Hang on, it's uh, 91. Um, yeah, they're really low on uh, three out of the four different categories. The only oh, okay. one where they're in the top even 40 is in access to vehicles and maintenance. Which makes um, sense because it's Detroit. Yeah, they're ranked 32 on that. But um, all the others are up around like the 90 ranks. So it, it does make sense that Detroit ranks as number 98 as one of the worst cities for driving. After that, probably no big surprise, Oakland, California comes in at 99. Your car is going to get stolen. Uh, but you'll be able to get it back because there are no car repair shops. According to the data. According to the data. Uh, <laughs> what about car washes? I wonder where they find, fall in the uh, No car one's washes. washing their cars. Yeah, yeah. The road is full of holes. Yeah. Gas is a million dollars a liter. Yeah, but that's not the worst. No, even worse than Oakland, California. Did you just say a million dollars a liter? Yeah, I, I think like, you did. I'm not like a math surgeon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so yeah, that's not the worst. No, that's number 99. Yeah, California. yeah, I may have been exaggerating a little bit uh, about the gas prices. Sure, I admit it, but I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm approximating. And even worse than Oakland, California, is 
San Francisco, California. Yeah, comes in at uh, I guess it would be the worst city for driving. It's actually number 100 on this list, so mm-hmm. it's it's the uh, the lowest ranking. And I don't think that's a huge surprise probably to anybody. Yeah, it's uh, a very crowded place. I, they all when I mean it seems like you can't mention San Francisco without mentioning, you know, the the crowding situation, how, di- how difficult it is to get around there. So, yeah. um Los Angeles is kind of you know falls into that as well. But surprisingly, Los Angeles in this list is 91. Mm-hmm. 91 on the list. So it's a, it's a full, you know, 10 points higher, I guess, on the list than, um, you know, than the worst. San Traffic's Francisco. bad. It's going to be expensive. Uh, you're not going to have a fun time commuting and it's not going to be safe. Yeah. And it's tough to find a car wash, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. You know, Honolulu, we mentioned Honolulu. Yeah. Honolulu comes in at number 94 on this list. So it's very near the bottom of the list for, um, uh, for, for, you know, well, it's, it's probably one of the worst cities to drive in. I would not have expected that. You'd think it'd be yeah. a, a relatively easy commute, you would think, mm-hmm. but I would bet that they probably deal with, um, uh, of course they got a lot of, um, you know, uh, vacation or traffic, you know, uh, tourists, that kind of thing happening sure. there. Yeah, yeah. It's probably tour buses, tour, you know, tours everywhere. And it's um, a beautiful city it, too, man. It, it so. really is. It's, I mean, it's, it's, Definitely congested. It's and tight. it's having a tech boom. Yeah, that's another big part. You know, there's a there's a huge population uh, moving in, right? Hmm. Uh, or there was yeah. recently. So that that kind of stuff can have a lingering effect. But as we said toward the beginning of the episode, we'll bookend this with some good stuff. Yeah, right? that's so, right. So maybe we can maybe we can get hit a closing note. Uh, on on a positive angle, the top five places to live, uh, the top five places to be an, a driver and an auto owner. So the the best cities for driving, going from number five to number one. Number five is El Paso, Texas. Congratulations, you guys. <laughs> I feel what? No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, what's I wrong mean, with congratulations? Uh, that's people. great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's good, I, okay, good for them. I, I'll I'll be honest. I'm working to be a good sport because having seen this list. And if you like, if you see this list and you live in the United States, the largest city near you may well be on it, right? Oh, that's true. And so it, it, I knew, I knew Atlanta was bad. Yeah. But I didn't know it was this bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm, I will admit I am a bit envious of everybody in. Well. Heck, the top thirty. And well, above. Should, I mean, should we tell them where Atlanta falls? Because we complain about Atlanta traffic all the time. It's awful. I know it's, recreationally. It's, it's awful. It yeah. really is. Okay. Atlanta, Georgia is number 70 on this list. Yeah. San Diego is better. Well, I, I you know what? But number 70, I, I just can't, I can't believe it's, it's that, um, high on the list. We're slightly better, slightly better than Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> See, now I would, now I would have thought we would have fallen in the bottom 10, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the worst cities to drive in because of the congestion, the traffic and everything. All right, you know what? Let's get back to our, number, our top yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, okay. let's, let's keep the, the positive here. So, yeah, yeah. so we, we told you that number five was El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Mesa, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And number three, Greensboro, North Carolina. I don't think that's a surprise. We no, it's been ex- showing up. Extolled the virtues of of, of uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, yeah, several lot, times. A in this lot podcast. of that great traffic is probably due to us, due to our work. <laughs> 
the yeah. dark horse candidate of the day is, of course, Gilbert, Arizona. Comes in at number two. Yeah. Apparently, this is just a wonderful town to drive in. I guess so. And then, you know, as we said, uh, you know, in a couple of other, a couple of the other categories, because Corpus Christi, Texas, comes in at number one. And uh, I think we mentioned earlier, you should just kick back and relax and uh, get yourself to Corpus Christi. Yeah, and beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. <laughs> Where the parking is cheap, the gas flows like Gatorade. I, help me out <laughs> well, here. Well, they were number one in traffic and infrastructure. Yeah. They were number seven in cost of ownership and maintenance. They were number nine in the safety rank, uh, but they fell really, really low. They were number 72 in access to vehicles and maintenance. So they had three really high scores in this uh, in this list mm-hmm. and then one really low one. But uh, it's kind of like the opposite of Detroit. They felt you know, like the um, – they're like polar opposites, I guess, yeah. in the way that the uh, the rankings were. So uh, interesting list. It really is. And when you start to kind of pour through the numbers, I know sometimes it's difficult to convey, uh, you know, a chart like this, you know, through the podcast. I, I realize that's a little bit frustrating. But if you're able to get to a computer, get to a phone or whatever mm-hmm. and search this Wallet Hub study, again, the uh, the 2017 best and worst cities to drive in. It's it's really something worth looking at and kind of analyzing because uh, the, the methodology that they used, uh, the, the the way that they tried to be fair among all these, you know, the 100 largest cities. Yeah. Um, it seems like they really did their homework and, and got some good information, some good solid information. They had a large uh, pool to draw from, mm-hmm. you know, with the, all the sources that we talked about. Um, I think it's just – it seems like a good study to me. It really does. And it seems accurate. It really does seem accurate. Now, I – of course – I think everybody that lives in a crowded city will say, no, my city's got to be way higher on the list as far as worst city to drive oh, in. Oh, right, right. Because you feel like that's the case. Like when you're in that traffic, you, you just, you're sure that that's the worst city to drive in. But there's so many other factors you have to consider, uh, that, that play into that. You know, yeah. the, the maintenance and all that stuff. The, uh, of course, you know, the bridge construction, um, just general road maintenance. Uh, access and, to car washes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Safety, of course, that's one. Sure. The parking rate and fuel cost and all that stuff. So, uh, there's just, there's a lot of factors that, that play into this. And again, I think it's a, it's a good list. I'm taking off the reading glasses now. Right. and I can see you clearly now. I will nice. stop making disrespectful faces at you now. <laughs> uh, you. okay. I so <laughs> I appreciate it. So yeah, yeah, uh, I do what I can. So the good news is that this list will probably change as different cities on a case-by-case basis finish large construction projects, institute um, may, maybe different forms of transit. Mm-hmm. The bad news also is that this list will probably change because on a, a, on a huge high-level view, the infrastructure of the U.S. is is in trouble. Um, we talked about it a little bit on our show in the past, but less than a year ago, a piece of the interstate here in Atlanta just collapsed. Yeah, well, cause I mean, there was a tremendous fire right underneath the bridge. It was uh, what some piping that they were storing under there. We we talked about it uh, for for a significant amount of time because it was a yeah. big deal. Yeah, at the time. it was a big deal. Uh, the good news is. You wouldn't believe how fast they repaired that thing. They were initially they were saying it was going to be several months or, or months and months yeah. and months, and they it was wouldn't like put a, a date on it. It was like a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> well, it felt like that. I think yeah. it, I think it ended up being like a two month project or right. something. 
Uh, but that is ridiculously fast when you consider what they were doing. And they mm-hmm. said that they broke all kinds of construction records. And, and you would think, okay, you don't want them really to break a speed record when they're, when they're building a bridge. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, where uh, hundreds of thousands of cars pass over, mm-hmm. I think daily. I think, yeah. I think that's the number. It's, a, it's a high, high number. It's a, it's a main artery into downtown Atlanta that a lot of people take, you know, from not just here, not just the northern mm-hmm. suburbs, but from all down the east coast. They all kind of feed into this one area. Um, it, people coming back up from Florida go through sure. that area. It's it's a really it's a critical artery for the city, yeah. and the, the the records that they were breaking is because they were working twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they had you know multiple sh- I think it was three shifts of people that were working constantly. Yeah, and that included supervisors and everything. Everything was on the level. It was all done you know inspected correctly. But they were they were doing things like using concrete that could uh, cure. Like three times faster than the can- the concrete that they had mm-hmm. used in the past. Um, they were, they also paid a lot for it too, Scott. They did, and they were also incentivized. Right. And the incentive was, and this is, I, I found this really interesting, is that and, and actually quite good. Um, they when they when they offer those incentives, you know, then they say that if you get it done by this date, we'll give you an additional three or four million dollars. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. You would think that that's you know, of course, the uh, the contractor, the the person who owns the company, mm-hmm. is going to just be almost like a slave driver. Like you've got to get that done fast, fast, fast. Because right. and, and you'd think it's all going to go to that person or that company. That's not the case. It's split between all of the workers, the the uh, the laborers that so are there. So everybody's cracking the whip. Everybody gains by getting it done faster, and they know that. And with that incentive, of course, they're not going to have a problem working, you know, the uh, the late shift, yeah. you know, for for two months to get this done because it means a, a huge payday for them at the end. And I actually felt pretty good about that, knowing, finally learning that from this incident because I've, I've heard of those incentives in the past for construction, right? And I always thought it was just to kind of line the pockets of the guy that owns the company, just kind of some kind of fat cat deal. N- yeah, not true. Not true. It doesn't work that way. And we're bringing up the bridge just as a specific example of a much larger looming issue and i don't know about you scott but i'd like to hear from everybody else so uh folks we're gonna open a dangerous door here buddy okay let's do it folks let us know about the traffic in your town (laughs) oh boy i didn't know you're gonna open that door (laughs) yeah let us let us seriously know if you have a second check out check out this list see if your city's on it um Tell us what what you like, don't like, and I also want to hear about the infrastructure in your neck of the woods. How about this? Let's see that yeah. this could be like a therapy thing for people, really. Oh, if I they don't would know. like to, if they would like to, they can you know you can call or not call. Don't call. You can you can email. <laughs> what, what do I live in? Nineteen seventy? You can't call. It's a podcast. You telegraph. This, this isn't this isn't a live episode. <laughs> Next caller, please. Caller, caller. Okay. The line's dead. I was going to do a no. voice. Okay. All right. No, no, no. But no, yeah. no, like send us an email. Yeah, send us an email. That's a, that's a modern way to do things, Ben. Not mm-hmm. even a fax. Don't even try. Don't even bother with the fax. Just send us an email. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you can gripe about the traffic in your city if you want to. Yeah. I don't know if I'll reply, but I'll read it. I promise I'll read it. I read every bit of email that comes mm-hmm. in. We and, read uh, every email, and you are much better at writing back to people. <laughs> I try to write back as, as much as I can, but it's uh, it's been – 
lagging recently. We get a lot of email now, which is a great thing. Yes. And if people write in about, you know, traffic gripes and concerns and, and problems. Which we love to read. Actually, I, I really do. And, yeah. you know, if there's some standouts, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll show up on an, on an episode soon. Uh-huh. Uh, but again, it could be kind of uh, therapeutic to do this, I think, for people. Yeah. Let us know about, uh, let us know about some of the weirdest traffic quirks in your neck of the woods. I'm also curious to uh, hear about what, what are like the legendary bad roads. Mm-hmm. I think every city has some legendarily bad roads that people avoid. Everybody says they avoid them because they're this tremendous hassle, but so, for some reason they're still always packed. Yeah. Even though everybody you know swears they don't use it. Well, there's probably like a lot of toll road stories. You know, you got to take a toll road to get to somewhere that oh, you yeah. have to be. Right. Uh, that's always frustrating. And also, if you would like to uh, hear more car stuff before we return next week, you are in luck. You can find every episode that Scott and I have ever done on our website, carstuffshow.com. And if this entire time you've been thinking, yeah, I want to email you guys because I have something very important my fellow listeners need to know about the traffic in uh, Poughkeepsie. Well, they can't do that on a phone call? <laughs> can't do it on a phone call. <laughs> oh, shoot. I mean, you could just randomly dial a number and I, tell somebody about it. I keep forgetting. Well, okay. You know what? How about this, man? 2017. Maybe this is the year we try to get a phone. <laughs> Maybe. But until then, you can write to us directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.